All right, well, just, yeah, we don't need to tell the listeners about all that. We don't? No, I think it's fine. All right, uh, listen, as long as you keep your mouth shut, I keep my mouth shut. No one has to know about that, all right? What about them? Uh, hey, listener. Oh, hey, welcome. Um, welcome. It's, uh, it's the Future Zao. It's your favorite podcast. It's me, your dearest friend, Jonah, and with me is my co-conspirator, Mac. What's up, Mac? Hey, I'm tired. Yeah, dude, it's okay. Um, yeah, we have a long night ahead of us, but um, thankfully, up at the top, we have a lot of fun topics, some interesting uh, little uh, conceptual frameworks to work through um, that I think will 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 we'll blossom um, like the dandelions of spring into some fascinating conversation. Um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm excited for it. Um but first things first. What? Jonah, we mentioned this the first days of the podcast about how you valiantly have like put your life on the line to serve hungry customers across New York and now you're doing it once again as a What are you talking about? As a server. You're a server again. Oh yeah. You love to just drag my personal life into the There's no secrets here, baby. I know. This well, is the internet. This is twenty twenty one. I don't know. I yeah, I don't like that. I do work at a restaurant now, guys, and I have done an amazing glow up to become a waiter. Um so I've I've reached the apex of my uh of my uh my prestige and my power um as a waiter at a um Brooklyn restaurant. The name of which I will not mention on this podcast. For fear of reprisal. It starts but with an A and ends in B's. It is Applebee's. Bees. Yeah. It's, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, listen, they have he a really exciting menu. But if he did, that'd be cool because that would be Applebee's dope. makes some I could, drinks. I would take some of their powdered alcohol home to make uh, trash cans worth of um, Dollaritas um, to just drink on my own time. Maybe soak in like a uh, like an Epsom salt path. Um, but no, yeah, now that we've checked in with my personal failures, um, we, <laughs> we can, uh, yeah, we can move on to more interesting topics. Um, there's a lot, uh, we want to talk about today. Um, so I guess we might as well get right into it, Mac, yeah, wouldn't you say? It. Yeah, let's, let's see. Cool. No, Let me... no, we've had our, we've had our, uh, you know, prerequisite amount of banter. It's plenty. No, no need well, there'll to, be, uh... there's plenty of banter to come, listener. Don't you worry, but it's going to come, we're going to slip it in like a... You know, it's gonna be like the airplane, the choo choo choo, the choo. Well, well hmm. that's kidding. Enter drum track here. Um, no, but we're gonna do it like a. I was gonna say something much more wholesome, like like a like feeding a baby their vegetables with a little choo choo train or oh, a little airplane. That's Go, cute. Open up. Here it comes. We're gonna teach you about antitrust. Um, we don't really know what we're talking about, though. We don't. Although, I do want to give a quick shout-out, because I was back home for the weekend, and oh, we had cool. some um, 
some great um i had a good conversation with someone who's a rabid um futures out listener so wow um scott if you're listening it was nice talking to you about amazing this to know that those for, exist uh, thank you for giving us the shouts out scott yeah, yeah shouts love out you scott. scott and uh <laughs> apparently i got i probably shouldn't say this but we talked briefly about like sort of i think we talked about like my aunt coming to the u.s to get like a a covid vaccine and um i guess i like wasn't supposed to say that um what from el salvador yeah i was like apparently i talked all of our bit too much about el salvador so yeah, we're not. Sp- yeah, apologies, but that's uh, our CIA handlers will not be pleased <laughs> that we've been talking about El Salvador. I stand by what I say, though, so leave it at that. Max, a proud Salvadoreño. Um, so uh, you're just gonna have to deal with that, Mac. I think you're good. You know, I think you can. Uh, you should speak your mind about your home country. And I think if your aunt comes here to get a vaccine, God bless her. More and more people should be breaking into our country to strip us of whatever resources we may still have um it's only right um on that on that topic um max furtively searching around the apartment for something that he lost so i'll I'll keep talking for now you're good mac um we have a couple things on the docket today wow this is like i feel like rush limbaugh i'm like finally if this was the podcast i wanted it to be where i just get to talk by myself (laughs) uninterrupted without someone some fucking guy sounds like cutting in on me all right all right the dream is over um you're welcome folks yeah yeah if you want i'll be starting my own splinter podcast at some point when i uh learn how to wake up before 11 a.m um but okay we have we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today um last time well no not last time we didn't talk about this last time but i think we'll start off with this because this is sort of right up our alley mac i i would say You'll notice, I don't know if you saw those fun videos of people like pumping gasoline into uh, like Ikea shopping bags or like into their open, the trunks of their open cars over the last couple of weeks. I did not see that. I missed well, that Well, there was a bit of a gas shortage. There was a run on the pumps, hmm. um, and which was pretty funny. And it did spawn a lot of funny videos of people like filling up like gigantic, like, they're like above ground swimming pools that they were like towing behind their trucks and just like <laughs> filling them with gasoline because there was a shortage or a purported potential shortage. I don't know how much of the shortage there ever actually was um, in the Southeast because of a uh, something we like in the, in the industry to call a ransomware attack mm. um, that shut down like a whole, it actually like shut down a whole fucking major gasoline pipeline that run from the Gulf of Mexico to New Jersey and as far as I know, transferred like tons of diesel, gasoline, and jet fuel, and was like a bit of a kerfuffle. I don't know. Do you this, know? This was the Colonial Pipeline. It right? was the Colonial yeah. Pipeline. It was actually, yeah, <laughs> it was um, anti-imperialist <laughs> NYU grad <laughs> students shut down this pipeline because of its colonial, <laughs> um, yeah, crimes. Yeah. No, it was just like a normal, nice uh, fossil fuel pipeline. The time we all love but uh apparently there was a um a group that took responsibility called dark side which is some some like you know hacker fucking collective or who who got gotten his gotten his way and basically pretty quid pro quo they're just like yeah we're turning off the pipeline you'll give us this amount of money and we'll turn it back on easy peasy um and this type of arrangement is known as a ransomware attack which are becoming more and more prevalent um there was another one that happened like even uh like either early this week or late last week 
about, about or rather against a French company in that operated in the Philippines. And there was some kerfuffle about it because this company was a French insurance company called AXA. Okay. And they recently offered an insurance policy against ransomware attacks, i.e. pay out your ransomware attacker and we'll, we'll cover it with sure. you know, VR insurance. And there was some speculation as to whether or not they were attacked sort of in retaliation, perhaps, for, for that. Although, granted, I don't know why they would be, because that would seem like that would benefit the, the ransom wearers mm-hmm. more than anything. But apparently the attack came before they announced that policy. Um, all of which is to say, this is like a type of hacking that seems to be on the rise. Yeah, I mean, what it's... Do you, what, do you, what do you say, Mike? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't do it as much, but I used to, like, do a lot of... <laughs> do I, don't, I don't ransom... I don't extort yeah. people for money. No, I used to report a lot on, like, um, just, like, security stuff and ransomware, especially. But, like, this was sort of, like, in the, you know, like, the private companies that do, like, all the security, like, cybersecurity stuff and, like, make the reports. This was always the thing that was... It was framed as when this happens, and you know we've crossed a line where it's when someone gets into like the water supply or someone gets into the pipeline like this, and it like shuts off, com- and it shuts off um, commerce and trade. And that was always some people had called it. Um, a, it's called like a Pearl Harbor moment, which is that like, it's like <laughs> that a, seems a yeah. little dramatic. But um, but but yeah, it's what's interesting about it is that it's come, but it's come kind of by not by, like, some, at least as far as we know, by not, like, some big, like, act of war by well, it's some not like a state poli- actor. It was not, like, a political or geopolitical or, like, an thing. It was simply just, like, it just simply ransom. It was, like, a hostage situation. So we understand, yeah. I mean, this... Private yeah, the, com- the company, or the company, the collective, Dark Matters, they've... They're not like they've they've they're based in Bushwick. And, <laughs> yeah, um, they've been around for a minute and like have been attributed to like a lot of attacks in the past, but um, they're based out of Russia. But there's no evidence that they're like working for the Russian government or whatever. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, there's like there's a lot of explanations for why it's on the rise. Like some of them also, are due. Go oh, sorry, go ahead. no, no, no. I was just gonna say yeah. Like some of them are due because of like. People are working from home more, and there's less security. There's um, also, I think you mentioned this, that um, like there's a lot more Bitcoin fraud going on. Right. There's also like if you've been following the news at all, like well, Bitcoin what I was is becoming more is, common. What I was going to say yeah. is we should briefly just explain the basics of what a ransomware attack is, right. which is essentially like in the case of this pipeline, which is like a major, extremely large scale version of this, they shut down a, a pipeline transferring oil, natural gas, um, and basically say like. We'll put this back online for you because they basically disabled it, um, you know, remotely by hacking the, the, you know, myriad complex computer systems that govern the, the flow of gas and, 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 and so forth. Um, you know, once you pay us our sum, we'll right. put it back on, like just a classic ransom situation. But this can also happen in like smaller business situations or even to individuals. Well, they'll, they'll take all of your sensitive data. And oftentimes it's a two-pronged thing where they'll say, you cannot access this and therefore you cannot do your day-to-day business. But also, we'll release like all of your trade and industry secrets to everyone else, thereby effectively ruining your company. Um, and so in order to you know, forestall both things from happening, you just pay us this amount by Bitcoin, we'll destroy everything we have, and we'll give you your keys back, and that will be that. 
and this has been like there's been i mean this is type of thing has been around for a long long time in fact since the start of the internet really personal anecdote i was i was about to get on a flight back from uh, my brother's wedding the other couple weeks ago and i got an email right as i was about to board from kyle green and it was like some like broken moldovan teenagers english where it was like jonas in sarah mister one can speak many times about what makes uh love and sexuality important to the one who loves however i do not time have for that open this text document and i opened it and it was just like i've been watching you through your webcam for some time you have amazing sexual interests however i think i will ruin your reputation if you don't i was like basically it was like i've been watching you jack off through your webcam and i'm gonna send like the video to everyone in your contacts unless you give me like it was like twenty seven hundred dollars in bitcoin to this mm-hmm. address and i was basically like that's possibly true <laughs> I, you know i couldn't say that that's not true but also just like I, fuck you yeah i stand by my form <laughs> yeah we don't negotiate with terrorists. we don't negotiate with terrorists <laughs> Um, with the jack off terrace. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're so right. So, which is to say, uh, this was struck even as close to home as within the future's Alberics. Yeah, yeah, um, and even as small as like a couple, couple, couple G. Yeah, a couple G's. It's a uh, yeah, and a lot of it is you know bluffing too. You know, like a lot of it is like. Well, this was like, a bluff because clearly, yeah. I, as far as I know, unless everyone who got the video just sort of silently saved it to their files for, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't say anything to me. Yeah, I mean the real is a bluff, which I assumed it was. Like, come on. Yeah, there's the like, the big thing is that like this wasn't a bluff, right? And right. And this I, is why people are like pumping gas into their backpacks and shit. Right. I mean, there's been there's there's it's on the rise, and uh, this was a couple of years ago. Um, like the biggest like the biggest ransomware attack. It was called like Not Petya, and it like th- this is if anyone remembers seems like forever ago but it was like this ransomware attack that affected a bunch of hospitals all across europe yeah i remember it that. affected a bunch of like uh it's like called marisec or or something it's like a, those big shipping containers it's like the world's largest shipping cargo container was affected by it and they had to essentially stop all like global shipping for like like a month and it was like there was like over like many billions of dollars of damages and stuff um so yeah, this is like it's a big it's a big deal and I think the you know the real um interesting thing about this is that like it's it was from what we can tell like not really that sophisticated of an operation and it, it speaks to the fact that we were talking about off mic that like um you know a lot of the the places that hold like either key information or that have um you know, sort of run pipelines or other critical infrastructure, they're just really not the most advanced, like, tech-oriented businesses, and they don't have the greatest security standards by any stretch of the imagination, you know? Yeah, definitely not. So I think this is something that will just probably continue to be a thing because it doesn't really seem to be short of, like, overhauling every single company in the world, which basically if you do anything from, like, selling fucking tires to, you know like you know global financial asset management like you are susceptible to this type of attack and you need passwords and you need you know a sort of back-end system so there's like no shortage of targets i expect we'll be we'll see be seeing more and more of this the one thing i did see sort of kicked around was 
the attempt to settle on it, and I don't think this was conclusive, but like settling on an agreement to essentially make it illegal to pay out ransoms in, in such in a case as an attempt to sort of stem the incentive to do these type of things. We'll see. I mean, I don't think there's been any powerful movement on that, but it's an interesting sort of approach, like make it illegal to actually pay the ransom. Although, you know, I don't know then what one's recourse would be. We'll yeah, see. it's, I mean, it's a complicated thing because, you know, you can, there's a bunch of downsides to making it illegal for someone to, maybe for a big company, I can see it, but if it's like some random person, sometimes you just well, want to Well, certainly as with. an individual, but like, it's out of the question, but like, in terms of companies, like, you know, if you were, like, let's say, you know, for instance, like, there's the FDIC, they insure you against $250,000 of fraud in your bank account, like, you could have a, a, a like thing. Um, who knows? I think it, something will, they'll probably plug the leak somehow, but I think people will continue making some money off yeah. this <laughs> for the next. I mean, years. not to to say the most obvious thing, but it is kind of true though. Is that if you have like I don't know, if you work at a place, at least do like two factor authentication and stuff yeah, like that. I mean, it does. It, it really like the boring stuff like that actually makes such a big difference. Um, and it's you know we had like we both went to NYU. And I remember this is a thing when like they were rolling out two factor. <laughs> yeah, well, people were so mad, and um, and it really was not that much of a burden, but it's just that like, um, it there's a disconnect between like the per- the individual level, like someone doesn't really want to have to do the extra couple seconds of this shit, but it does make a huge difference because you know once you're like if you're in a system, whether it's NYU or whether it's like the Colonial Pipeline or whether it's um, I don't know, like Wendy's, like their their C suite, like once someone's in somewhere, you're in everywhere, you know. So, um, yeah, get your two factor. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so that's a bit of an interesting news. I want to touch on one more thing before we move on. I last episode we talked about, or to to a large extent, Bill Gates and um, the sort of vaccine waiver vaccine ip issue and there's been movement on both of those questions since we last uh, adjourned here um one of which is that it's totally come out that a major factor in bill gates's divorce from melinda gates was that he was just hanging out with jeffrey epstein like all the time and was like a major major homie of epstein and was like going over to his uh apartment his his townhouse on the upper east side like on the regular this was reported in the Daily Beast, like way more than had previously been known. Um, so that was apparently a point of conflict, um, <laughs> which shed some light. And then on the other hand, on the flip side, Biden clearly listened to our podcast and decided to waive. Thank you, Joe. Hey, Mac. Thanks. He, rather, the Biden administration said that they were going to waive the sort of IP protections that were preventing. Um, vaccines from or rather like you know the patented i intellectual property behind the astrazeneca or no i'm sorry but the the moderna and the pfizer vaccines from being like sort of reproduced as a cheap generic around the world um which uh by all accounts was a major impediment to like vaccinating you know the the majority of the world's population um so that's a bit of an interesting reversal and I remember right this this happened like more than a week ago. I mean, if you're listening to this, probably two to three weeks ago, because um, we're busy guys. But 
it caused like Moderna and Pfizer stock to like absolutely fall off a cliff. Uh, and I think it's, you know, they've recovered to some degree since, but like it was, it is funny just like how much their business model is predicated on just hoarding their IP to the detriment of global public health. Um, I don't know how much you saw about this, Mac, but I, I want to read, I'll read a quick thing um, from an article about this in the Financial Times. Um, and because there was some fracas because Angela Merkel, for instance, of Germany, who holds a lot of clout in the EU and with the World Trade Organization, who is a bit of an arbiter and like how these things are sussed out in terms of in, uh, intellectual property and trademarks and stuff um, in the sort of global, global uh, conversation about, about those questions. Um, she was starkly against this waiver. Um, which goes to show that, like, you know, Merkel's a bit of a right-wing figure herself. I thought she was in support of the most recent the most recent decision that the Biden administration did. She was not. Um, I'll, read again, I'll read from, well, succinctly from the Financial Times article about this from um, May 8th, so about from last week. But it does say, Angela Merkel, Germany's chancellor, has already said she opposes the measure. Which okay. is precisely the one that we were speaking about. But I'll continue to read. But those in Washington say that whatever the outcome of the WTO talks, the U.S. pharmaceutical industry has now lost its sheen of untouchability. That could have major consequences for future policy debates, such as how to lower U.S. drug costs. Because patent protections are the bedrock that allows pharma companies to charge premium prices for a period of time without fear of competition from generic, cheaper rivals. So... You know, there were potential implications to this, but I mean, and there's also been some criticism that like this waiver is really more symbolic than anything. And there are a lot of other ways to sort of trip up any actual substantive measures to like mass producing vaccine that is Pfizer, Moderna, intellectual property um, abroad in any meaningful way. But in general, I think it does signal like, I don't know, Biden just seems to be my take is just like he's desperate not desperate but he's interested in getting some fucking big sort of public popular wins under his belt that and you know fuck the fallout at this point yeah i mean that's what they said i think in that financial times piece though too is that this was a, a like a framed as a political move where it you you get sort of the to what we were talking about when we when we said this last episode was there's there's a vaccine diplomacy sort of thing going on where well, of you course, get yeah. a political benefit of being the country that's distributing the vaccines and you know for free or for low cost, and this is like kind of a slam dunk political move for anyone right now, um, and it means that you have to you have to deal with the fallout from the pharma companies, but the public is already so far against the public, the pharma companies that it would, it just makes sense. You get like both the geopolitical advantage of this and you, if the support, yeah, I mean, I guess like he's fresh off an election. I mean, pharma has a ton of political clout in this country, but he's fresh off an election. He doesn't really necessarily have to worry about that right now. Granted, it's also true that like this type of IP mitigation really doesn't do much at least domestically, because it leaves completely intact, like the fucked up healthcare system we have that, you know, prioritizes or rather enshrines like these personal or rather private property and, you know, profit incentives for individual drugs. And to the extent that it does maybe help 
proliferate the COVID vaccine, I mean, it still leaves, it's a waiver on a specific, for like a specific period of time on a specific vaccine. It does nothing to like undermine the actual architecture of, you know, fucking for-profit medicine in this country or, or anywhere else. Um, so it is like absolutely to the extent that anyone is like crying and throwing a hissy fit about this in the pharma world, it's absolutely a temporary measure to just like get fucking global capitalism back online. Um, <laughs> so it, to the extent that anyone is upset, it shows how fucking short-sighted a lot of these companies can be. Cause it's like, no one is saying we're changing laws about, we're, we're no one's saying like, Oh wow, this has really shown us the error of our ways and that, you know, medicine should, should be, you know, collectivized and should not be held for ransom. It's like, no, it's just like in this specific case. And then, and then everything will be business as usual. So it's interesting, but I just figured we should follow up with that, given right. that we were harping on it last episode. Right. Um, shall we move on, Matt? Yeah, let's go. Um, here's a fun one. As long as we're hitting, we're talking about, uh, you know, our big favorite companies and, uh, you know, how much we love them and love to play with them. Um, I'll read a, I'll read a headline again from the financial times, because read dear listener, if you haven't found out already, I found a way to get around the paywall of the financial times. And, uh, you know, it's been great. Um, I'll read a headline. Facebook stands by Instagram for kids app, despite state's concerns. What does that mean, man? <laughs> that means, um, that's a real headline. Instagram yeah. for kids. Instagram for Folks. kids. Aren't you ready? Isn't that what you want? Like, I, I, I don't You're know about up. you, but that's like what I was just hoping would happen. You know, I just was waiting yeah. for Facebook I to want make these kids off my damn, off yeah. my lawn, off my Instagram. Lawn. Like, if you can ask me one thing that I really want more than anything else in the world, it's for, for Facebook, um, to like watch my kids yeah all the precisely time. Like, this was, what, I was, I was I like want. i wish like, i could drop my kids <laughs> off at like a sort of daycare that was just face run by facebook yeah and that would that would be dope and it was like ideally it'd be like a sort of facebook live chat thing where like other <laughs> kids are watching my kids yeah. and are like they're monetizing like the more kids you watch as a kid like the more money yeah. like you get like chits for your channel and you get to like buy swag or something yeah, but um but yeah, I mean, tell me, tell me, can you can or can you tell me what what the fuck yeah. IG for kids is? Instagram so kids? this was what like, um, I think it was back in March before BuzzFeed like leaked this story or published a story saying that Facebook was thinking about launching Instagram for kids, which is basically just <laughs> <laughs> sounds yeah, really that, bad. Doesn't that just sound? Yeah, it's like a sounds bad. But the the premise of it is just that. Um, you know like this would be a like there's a messenger for kids for example there's a youtube for kids and it's a yeah, separate it's app <laughs> where there um there would be different standards where like i think parents would have some sort of parental control over what content kids see and then they also wouldn't be um showing ads to kids because in the u.s at least um people under 13 it's illegal to to advertise them um That's so this was something that was like that was in the works and as soon as it came out like there was immediate backlash to it by pretty much everybody because as we said like that's just clearly fucking one of the bad. like last like spindly <laughs> threads ha- like that like binds like you know the left and right or like this is like bifurcated classes of our country is just like absolute hatred for yeah. silicon valley and and tech nerds and, and- 
Facebook in particular. And, you know, this has been said before, but just to caveat it before we go further, but it's like, um, like a public service to say it, but there's been a lot of research in the last several years that like social media and specifically Instagram, um, is just really fucking with kids. Absolutely and it's like, corrosive. there's like, there's like a bunch of research that shows that it decreases their self-worth, like suicidal ideation amongst kids that is like highly correlated with like their social media use. Um, there's that- a lot of evidence of like, there's a recent study that came out showing that somewhere between like 70 and 80% of, or something like that of like kids are on social media and, and a lot of them are being contacted by pedophiles. All this is to say that like, this is not a good thing. And immediately there was backlash. And the article we were referencing, this was a couple of weeks ago, um, 48 states attorneys general. I always fuck up that. that no, you plural. said it right. You nailed it. But um, they came out essentially right. It's like writing a letter to Mark Zuckerberg like, saying, please, like, please, sir, don't, release our children. And he's like, I won't do it. Yeah. He's yeah. like a hostage taker. Well, I'd be curious, like, what you have to say about this. But the reason why, like, there's many aside from the obvious thing that this is fucked up, I wrote a thing about this a couple weeks ago and um, the take was this, which is that like, okay, if everyone, if you know that Facebook is going to just get immediate backlash, and I'm sure they did too, it's like, why do it in the first place? And if you look at like, Facebook is one of the most profitable companies I'm in the sure world. I'm sure they know though. I think they're so insulated from their own shit or so like high on their own supply that they genuinely think like this shit is cool and it's like possible. everyone will like it. Yeah. And then they're like baffled when people are like, you know. Yeah. What? It's <laughs> a good don't... point. I mean, I it's mean, possible. I think there's a lot of evidence for that, but even even so. Yeah. Well, this was like so despite the fact that they're one of the most profitable companies in the world, despite the fact that like they have over 2 billion users, Things are looking good for Facebook, right? Even though everyone fucking hates them. Um, but, like, strategically, Facebook, and then well, I'm saying Facebook because Facebook owns Instagram, but Facebook broadly has, like, a kind of long term problem, which is that pretty much everyone who's going to be on Facebook or Instagram is already on it. And they, you know, unlike other companies like Apple or Amazon or whoever, they don't really have anything. They just have yeah, social just, media. Yeah, right. And so for them, if you don't have more people coming in and signing up, then that's like a fucking, you're fucked. There's no other, that's your only gig. And um, right now, if you look at, there's a bunch of stu- places that have done like like quantitative research on this. The only, like the biggest like growth area of like where the percentage of people haven't signed up for Instagram or Facebook is, is kids under 13. Like, and it's like something yeah. like like it's like um they project like like thirteen percent or something of um kids under thirteen have um are like on Instagram and so that's they have every incentive to like get those kids on and like keep them as like lifelong users yeah but- it's so gross I mean because like well like for instance like you might ask like why what is their own internal justification mm-hmm. for them it's like oh well like on our regular apps it's like they're like absolutely run through and like shot through with pedophiles and creeps who are like (laughs) predating everyone so they're like oh we'll just get them on their own perfectly siloed off apps for children which you might i mean you might say oh well that would provide like if you were like a pedophile uh you know online creep it might be nice to like have a like a fish in a barrel, right. <laughs> but uh, even that, uh, you know, barring that, this, this is their sort of thing of like, oh well, they'll be safe on our special children's app. 
Yeah. Granted, like, okay, setting aside the fact that it's just, like, getting your hooks into the, like, soft sponge-like brains of children, like, yeah. even younger, and, like, using their, their, like, you know, perfect, small, childlike, beautiful brains that just are, like, full of wonder and knowledge and whimsy to just, like, corrupt it yeah. and everything we know to just, like, get them hooked on Facebook. I mean, have you seen even that? Sh- set, no, but even yeah. setting that aside, um, I we have a... there's an interesting little factoid because um apparently there was a there was an attempt to do this um by like uh and like an essentially there was like an art yes i'm sorry so there was a, a facebook messenger for kids app which you mentioned yeah, it, which was launched in 2017, and it was later found, and this is from Financial Times again, to contain a significant design flaw that allowed children to join group chats with strangers without their parents' approval. Um, so basically, like, the specific app that was like, hey, we'll prevent, like, pedophiles from uh, hectoring your kids online. Like, the app that had the one job of doing that was like, right. oh, we had a flaw, and in fact, there were tons of pedophiles talking yeah. to children. I mean, that's like that specific case was what like those 48 states attorneys general use specifically to say like, you guys have already tried this and like it resulted in what you like you said, a fish in a barrel. Like it's just a, it's just an obvious place to go yeah. to like look for shit. It's, really, it's bad. really fucking bad. That being said, like I will say, we talked about this off mic, like <laughs> there, it, Facebook will, will make this argument, right? Which is that it is like kids now are, online whether you want them to or not and like this is true like i have like i have like i I have like a bunch of nieces and nephews who are like between the ages of 8 and 15 and like the times have changed like when i was a kid like i was i think i had facebook and shit but i was not like like i wasn't i wasn't posting like i wasn't a public like i wasn't posting videos you know what i mean whereas like all of my nephews and nieces they're They're way cooler than you are as like we are you know and so they're monetizing That's, their brand. Yeah, I mean, so certainly some of them are, man. And you know, and so it is. It is definitely. I hear the argument that like they're there, so it's like you need to like sort of have some way to like mitigate the harm. Yeah, but this but, was like, like having like Facebook. Jimmy Seville like, run a fucking daycare <laughs> for your kids. It's just like, yeah, this is literally being like absolute definition of letting the fucking fox in the hen house. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, your kids are having their brains fucking scrambled by uh social media and being predated upon by like online predators like just give put them even more into our control and our fold you know it's just like absolutely not dude these it's like, dude, facebook is one of the most fucked up yeah, companies in the like i, I demonic. usually, I usually I mean, like bend satanic. over backwards to try to like give the benefit of the doubt to these things but dude facebook is just like so fucking does not has shown time and time again that they just like do like the per- like the user or like the fucking person's well being and interest is the last fucking thing in their mind. So why would you like give like a a nine year old like the ability yeah, to like be? You might as well just, just put like- them on the raw shit. Like it's like you know just give them the straight dope from the beginning <laughs> so they at least have some like they can toughen up. You know when it, by the time they're adults they'll like know they'll be callous to it. You sound like Joe Rogan. I mean, it's better than conquer the fucking, your bitch. <laughs> I don't. I can't speak to uh, Joe Rogan's uh, potential attitudes, but uh, you know, he has a he does have some ideas. Um, he certainly yeah. has. So anyway, so that's um yeah, that's the thing. It I it looks like 
it looks like it might not happen. But then again, it's like, you know, Facebook yeah. has shown a willingness to just say, fuck it, we're going to do it. Um, so we'll we'll see. But we still, we still let them do pretty much whatever Do you remember, want. and this is, we'll move on because we have a lot of stuff to cover, but do you remember like, this was, so there is a YouTube for kids, but do you remember a while back there was this thing that happened where like kid, like kids videos, like the algorithm for like, like choosing the next YouTube video and stuff was like taking a bunch of kids on these like weird rabbit holes of like cartoon videos that were like they were like cartoons but they were really fucked like it would be like it would be like really kind of like gory but not gory and like <laughs> I don't it, know. like just like kind of horror ish like, like what was that like happy like happy friends or whatever I forget but it was like a thing and like they were like I remember I went I watched them and they were like creepy as shit but it was just like it oh, like the out speak to that. maybe we'll algorithm. save that for a halloween episode we <laughs> yeah. can dive into that um yeah. these yeah the um it's bad it's it's a bad time to be a kid online um, dude, i can i mean we should for have, all you parents I, out there god, god bless you should probably just seal your child into a you know concrete sarcophagus until they're yeah. 18 we should we should honestly a have a whole like ts elliot in another there episode about this sometime because i think about this a lot about just like i already like feel like i was on the internet too much as a kid mm-hmm. if i had the access to that shit if i had the access to the, the porn that's like fucking that's like popular now when i was a, a of, kid a lot of porn like or just like the fucked up porn you know like i it's, <laughs> it's i don't i porn. don't i don't fucking know granted there's been it's yeah it's never been a very savory in, industry uh, but i think it's just different though like what's uh-huh. on the homepage of these places i don't know I, it makes me think <laughs> a lot it's fucked up god god only knows granted i i, I yeah, wouldn't know i don't i yeah. think yeah obviously yeah max just mac you're like you're like when alex jones was like I smoke weed once a year so I can tell how strong it is. Uh, Max, like, I jack off one time every year so I can just did, tell how did, bad did the say, porn is Didn't he say he was like, he smokes it to see, like, what they're putting in it? Like, Yeah, well, just... he was like, hey, they've been making it, like, more and more powerful, so I check in every year by smoking, like, one bowl, which is absolutely hilarious and totally rocked. And honestly, you know, that's a good idea, like, doing a benchmark of how uh, insane uh, the porn has been has been getting. Um, you know, back in my day, I would just Google picture, I would Google a girl in swimsuit and it would be, I'd, you know, see a picture of Marilyn Monroe, uh, bouncing a big, uh, big inflatable beach ball, um, with a, you know, with a big hunk on the, on the beach. And that was, that sent me, that sent me Goo Goo Gaga. So I don't even know. That's the last time I looked at anything related to porn. So I don't know what's going on. Um, uh hopefully nothing bad anyway moving on <laughs> um what do we want to talk about next should we talking about porn you want to talk about something sexy uh you know how about what? mega mergers between at&t and oh. discovery Ooh, baby uh, baby oh, humana, humana. you can't see it but i'm yeah. gently caressing a yeah max just had his ball. whole tongue just rolled out of his <laughs> mouth like a big red carpet and unfurled in front of him now he's, he's hitting himself on the head with a giant hammer yeah and a steam steam whistles shooting out of his ear <laughs> max horny from for mergers folks and frankly so am i so okay we've talked about this a bit on the show before but um it's a bit of a thing that like there's a huge amount of consolidation in the sort of telecom slash like media streaming sector um and there was a bit of a i mean this is a complicated and i don't want to get like too in the weeds on this because like it doesn't it's not a huge fucking deal one way or the other but uh at&t and discovery which is like the owner of hgtv 
and the Property Brothers and the like. Which... And the proud creators of Naked and Afraid. Oh, are they? Yeah. Cool. Or Naked and... What's the one where yeah, they Naked and the Afraid. People... Yeah, yeah, Naked yeah, yeah. and Afraid. Um, they're merging and creating like a $150 billion sort of uh, entity in the process. Um, so, and this also comes in the light of, for instance, in the same time, Amazon is looking to acquire MGM, um, which is the owner of, all, of the James Bond uh, intellectual property for $9 billion. So basically, it, as in broad strokes, Mac, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, it seems like there's like a rush for like all of the major telecom and or tech companies to just like vertically integrate themselves with content producers, like i.e. like studios like MGM Grand, all of these companies, um, Time Warner, HBO, like the places that actually produce television shows and movies yeah. are getting bought by like telecom companies that provide you your cable in order to create these like mega mega colossal companies and this is like what is apparently on the off thing so um, but the, it is a little more complicated yeah than that, right? so i i think the way you just describe it there about like how other people say it in describing the same thing is that the telecoms who like own the wires want to also own like they own the pipes they want to also own like the thing that you see right they want to have it all and that's been certainly the case with like at&t um and Verizon, like your two favorite companies, they um, in the last five or ten years spent uh, combined almost like two hundred billion dollars on acquiring like a bunch of media companies. Um, Ver- like AT and T specifically, they spent eighty five billion dollars to acquire um, Time Warner at the time. Where it gets a bit more complicated and worth clarifying is that yes, this is what these telecoms wanted, but the news of today actually kind of shows that that's not working well, as well to it's their not advantage. as easy as it they may have hoped right like yeah. you can't just buy a bunch of streaming properties or a bunch of like ip and just like say like cool this is ours now well surprisingly like if you buy like a media company you actually have to make shows and stuff which i don't think they were ready to do but you would think uh. that would be easy <laughs> to just like throw money at the people who know how to do it right you because, would think well, because okay so let's talk about let's talk about what we're talking about yeah Apparently, this massive merger, AT&T, all right, I'm going to sketch this out as I understand it, and you can tell me what I got wrong, because I'm sure I, I probably got some of it wrong, but AT&T bought, essentially, Time Warner a couple years ago, and in so doing, like, a bunch of these, like, media properties and, like, streaming channels um, that own or are responsible for a lot of the, like, television shows and movies that you that you and I know and love. Um, in a bid, AT&T, of course, you know, being the fucking cell phone service company that is not, has never prior been involved in like making content for you to enjoy. Um, they bought for like $80 billion, like these like various, um, sort of like, uh, content creation studios, HBO, fucking HBO, baby. CNN. Yes, indeed. Yeah. CNN, HBO and Warner Bros. Um, I think were the the principal sort of properties that they acquired. Now, fast forward a couple years later, they're essentially spinning off that entire acquisition into a new company that the shareholders of AT&T will control. This is where it gets complicated. And this is why rich people have a lot of money and the rest of us are just have our thumbs up our asses because it's all, it's very confusing. But 
the shareholders who can, who are the main you know the main owners in vis-a-vis their 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 ownership stake in AT&T are going to own you know the majority stake in this new company but it will be distinct from um AT&T and it will be an, a, a sort of streaming entity unto itself in conjunction with Discovery which is the company that they bought which owns like HGTV i.e. the Property Brothers who Mac you didn't know about the Property Brothers but I I I love I love the Property Brothers um and just all that HGG HGTV content and the like um so in a way it represents a bet on you know streaming but also like a major hedge and basically AT&T saying like fuck this this is too hard yeah so, right correct <laughs> is that yeah, right <laughs> yeah that's that's right like like you said that there's a new company being made which is essentially the same thing that AT&T bought before and that they're company like, we don't want to run it anymore yeah that company is being merged with Discovery on into to simplify it a lot is like now AT&T the AT&T you know right the one that does your internet and your phone they for all intents and purposes are no longer involved in that what they're doing now is they're back to just being straight up they do internet and they're doing 5g and like this is how they framed it um was that essentially they want so two things one we mentioned that they bought this for 85 billion what they're getting now um through stocks and bonds and other sales is essentially half of that so in three years they lost half of the value of this company and now they're also they also like AT&T and the other telecoms all of them have been just like spending like they're just gathering debt and gathering debt because they're spending a bunch of money on like building out 5G infrastructure and a bunch of like internet infrastructure and they keep mm-hmm. spending money and the 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 media move like Verizon did this as well was sort of part of it was an idea that like this would be a cash cow and it would help them pay for all this investment they're putting right, into okay. the internet this is, but it failed right and well this, this is, is the question i want to ask you mac like and i don't know if you know but like why are why is at&t like more and more people are getting phones we all have fucking cell phones like why are they scrambling like why aren't they why is their business model like why why do they feel like they need to do streaming is it just because like it's like you know grow or die right well this think, was this was so good no 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 i mean i'm I, curious so like, it, for what's why worth, should it's they not have to just at&t like all like verizon did this as well and it's worth mentioning that this was the beginning of may verizon also sold off it's called verizon media and um it was a combination of like yahoo and aol which like who uses that anymore but really yeah, my two favorite websites <laughs> yeah <laughs> my homepage. but they are they are important though because they own like a lot of the the like news and like entertainment websites you visit they're just called that um but they sold that off as well um and to answer your question i think like the 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 base the the real thing was that like is it just because it's growing i think they saw they look they were looking to diversify right but there was not really a good i think they would even admit this that there was not really a good game plan for like how to do it they were just like we're gonna throw a bunch of fucking money at this and like we're gonna win because like if like essentially like if netflix can like be really good at this and like why can't we just why can't we money? yeah and like, and, like be, why wouldn't we is because like netflix is kind of knows how to fucking well, they make specifically shit. <laughs> existed to do this thing you know rather than like trying to uh yeah like stick their fucking dick in the fan at the last minute <laughs> um it's interesting right because like and again to quote from financial times talking about this merger 
folks, I just want to reiterate, I read the Financial Times. But <laughs> and, and as a quick aside, I read the Financial Times because it's like the unvarnished, like what the capitalist class is like their own newspaper. Like if you're like a wealthy ass business person, you're like a McKinsey executive, you're not reading the New York Times. Like that's for the plebs. Like the Financial Times is really where it's at. It's just like the unvarnished truth. It's really good. Um, so uh, download the... Uh, the um paywall uh paywall excavator google extension and read the financial times um in any case they did say that and i'll quote from them now if the ceo of this new company that's been created can pull it off warner slash discovery which is the name of like this new entity that's been created could rival Netflix as one of the few genuinely global streaming services aiming for 200 million plus subscribers and would likely be rewarded for it by Wall Street. So I think it's like, you know, you heard it here first. In the next couple of years, you might see like a genuine Netflix competitor um, under the aegis of, you know, Discovery Warner, which is the HBO giant, which is all of this, you know, all of that content we know. But there there is already like, I mean, the thing is, but like no one, there is no a, one steps in Netflix at this point in terms Dis- of. I mean, Disney is Disney like, yeah, already well, Disney, does. Disney and Netflix and like are the Pe- two big ones. Yeah. Peacock is like even though like they're not the close fuck, to as they're they've grown really fast. Yeah, but and like like the thing is like we're getting yeah. I, um, <laughs> no, sorry, this is <laughs> Jen is pointing at the. He's like I'm pointing at a look giant at graph that graph. Right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a giant graph. Um, no, you're right. I mean, Netflix no, is, is still good, but like Netflix. Like this, the, the to 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 reframe, like there. Well, why does all of this things... matter, Max? Should we, should, like, well, not, I maybe mean, that's a separate question, but a, not to interrupt you. There's several you. reasons why it should matter, but I mean, there's so there's there's two things that are happening at the same time. At least how I see it, right? There's many things going on, but two things. One is that, like, yes, in the merger that happened, this is like a large company that's being made that may like play a big role in streaming and then also like why i would care about it right is because like they're it's it's a increased like consolidation of like of of media businesses which is like not good for anybody i would argue at the same time though like in that same story at the same storyline though what's also happening is that this is a clear like knock off of what we were talking about before of like the telecoms trying to like own the pipes and the media right right right. and right, right. to me that's a that's a good thing like we we the, wait well, so what what specify like what is a knock on that so this so both at&t's spinoff that we've been talking about and also earlier this month verizon selling off its media um its media business is like a complete like rebuke to the right. idea that telecoms could just spend a bunch of money to own everything because they've essentially tried and failed like because yeah. it's harder than they thought effectively exactly to make money doing this yeah, yeah they burned a bunch of money and now like it's kind of like pick your poison like it's like yeah, we, st- saying, we yeah. still have like a really big like consolidation of big companies in streaming as it were but at least they're not the same companies that get to like run the pipes, which is just yeah, you get into weird pay for your like cartel internet. territory, yeah. right? Where it's Absolutely. like they set all the the prices. So it's it's super. I mean, I find this stuff really. interesting. It is interesting, it's yeah. Like, um, Listener, this is interesting. <laughs> if you think it's not interesting, you're wrong. But but I mean, it affects like your daily life too. I mean, it like does, this yeah. is something that like I nothing um, about it, yeah. I don't like a weird. I I feel I I thought about this a lot, and I'd be curious what you think. But it's like. 
when before the whole streaming shit was a thing like i basically pirated everything right same yeah, and then me too. there became sort of like when we were in college like netflix was there and there was hbo and like a couple other things but there was a few and like you only paid for some of them and it, it was pretty good it worked and i like i paid a lot like i paid for amazon i paid for mm. netflix and but now like we're approaching this situation where it's like you kind of like if you watch tv a lot which i don't but like if you did like you have to sort of like pay a bunch of subscriptions to like a bunch of these different like essentially what used to be cable companies well this is like like, shitty tv and it's like uh, it's the same thing as having like a paying a bunch of money for a cable it's funny yeah i've seen this yeah this is what i was thinking it's just like it used to be you'd pay like a hundred dollars for a cable bundle. Now you pay a hundred dollars for like like seven seventeen <laughs> fucking subscription services, yeah. and you know it's just like everything's changed. Like you know, plus ça change, the more it's, the more it's the same thing. You know what I mean? And I think like maybe I, I have a prediction. It's like we're just gonna have a bunch of pirating again because like there's a certain point where it gets too annoying i don't know i don't know if we will like i still pirate stuff like i i regularly download movies um and like torrent them and like for instance like torrented uh the most recent version of turbo tax to do my taxes this year so it still has some uses but i used to and like my brother if he listens this he was the one who introduced me to this i used to like download individual albums off you Mm -hmm. know and like have like i had like a whole detailed file system of like all my artists and all my stuff that is so gone like yeah. dude that's absolutely but, but why but why though right it's because, because it's too much it's easy because it used to be you'd have to buy an album for 10 bucks or seven bucks on yeah itunes now you can pay seven bucks a month and have unlimited music but that's I mean, the thing like for me is like that i'm cool with that deal with spotify you know what i mean like i'm me happy, too I'm yeah happy i'm happy to, to do them, that i would even spend more like i'm happy i would spend, to spend more that too money, uh, me you know? too it sucks for the artists <laughs> yeah who are getting hurt way more are getting hate hurt way more by spotify than they are when by but, fucking pirate but the spotify piracy of their spotify album. would say though for like in that weird period when we were like kids that like people were just pirating all of that right they really so weren't like, though i mean the number of people who knew dude the number of people I, I i'll take a i'll do a very scientific sample of like my entire high school class i went to school with like 500 people yeah i was maybe one of like five kids in my really? entire class who knew how to fucking download music it's because funny. i used to take my friend's ipods and load shit onto it for them for like no shit yeah. yeah i would literally do provide that service but to was them. that because they were paying they were paying money for songs or they just weren't listening to music they were listening to music they no well they listened they just like wanted them for free but like you know i happen to have an older brother who like taught me nerdy computer shit because he was really into that and i learned it like a little bit through him and then but most people are just like no they're not like gonna fucking most people aren't like getting onto online forums and learn because like dude this is like before you had like really readily accessible um, means of learning anything you might want to do on the internet right um which is all to say that like you know the piracy impact on this or that um artist was negligible compared to like how much they're being fucking chiseled by these uh streaming services granted you might say on the flip side like you know now more people are hearing your stuff in the first place that you would never have even broken out fine whatever but it certainly does seem to be the case that, um, 
you know, the piracy thing is sort of like come and gone. And now it's just like the industry itself are pirating. <laughs> yeah. They're pirating their own, their own content, you know, like, and they themselves are the pirates. Like I, I, I hear that's a good, it's very succinct and I, I, it's worth thinking about. I, I guess with the, with the TV stuff and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit detached because it's like, I truly like, I'm not saying this from, like, an elitist point of view. It's just, like, I like, I like playing video games, right? And, like, I only have so much time. That's I'd, so elitist I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather <laughs> play video games than, like, watch The Office or some shit. So I'm, like, a bit disconnected from it. But it does seem like... <laughs> I love that. It does seem like that fucking... I don't... Like, like we were talking about Peacock earlier, right? It's, like, Peacock has, like, gained steam. But it's, like, it, the shows are shit. And it's, like, on yeah, Netflix, like... Like I every time I go on, like I I've been so close to canceling my account because it just seems like everything's shit. I don't know. Maybe, well, it's like seventy five shows that are all like the same. It's like this thing that like the mayor of East Town uh, is something I've been hearing a lot about. Where it's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like the the Cockney mayor, the <laughs> the Cockney stable of Dowers Town, and it's just like how the number of shows that are just like some detect some alcoholic detective yeah. rooting out the secrets of their small town, or like. Yeah, it's just like the overall quality is just it's, it's like all so like algorithmically determined paint by to numbers be like, bullshit. Yeah. yeah, it sucked. Like, it's like there used to be shitty TV before, but at least it was like someone was like earnestly coming up with a bad idea and trying to make it work, and it sucked. Now it's just like a, a thousand shitty ideas that are like yeah. being algorithmically generated. I mean, this is not like an original gripe. No, you're right. I mean, but that's but, like H- like HBO and. God bless it. It's like that's like the one bless them. thing that like I still like is because like at least like I have a I can go in there with a high degree of confidence. Have you been what, might, what might... TV what TV have you been watching recently, man? Oh man, I haven't watched what you... have I been watching recently? Like You want to know I've been point. I haven't I can't really remember I've been what watching show I've been running I've through recently, all but... of the Ken Burns documentaries. I'm mm. currently Dude, you need to watch this. I've been watching the Ken Burns documentary on baseball yeah. from the 90s. I am like not a baseball fan in the slightest. It is like the most compelling shit I've watched in a long time. You should watch it. Yeah. It's like fascinating because it like tells the story of American history yeah. through the lens of the game. And there's also so many just like cool, strange, weird well, characters. Kim, Kim, it's, it's a great. Well, Kim, it's a good example. Though, it's insanely, I think insanely entertaining. Why it's like, like, cause I, as I remember, Ken's, burns all of his documentaries were pbs right yes where so like this is the thing with like hbo right like they're a subscription service or at least until recently and it was like some it was it was like different from the algorithmically programmed things where it's like you're paying a premium to hbo for example at least until recently because you're trusting that they're gonna like make right. good shit and like yeah. have good taste and pbs is like on the other end of the spectrum where it's like it's free but it's very detached from all the incentives that, like, that, yet, that like a lot of the stuff. The has. output is tremendous. Yeah, no, <laughs> like it's it, really good. But then in the middle ground, you have like fucking like the worst shit to me, right? Is like well, not anymore, but like now it's like Netflix stuff. But in the past, it's like the the random shows on primetime of like NBC and CBS, yeah, like the right? Shield like and CSI, shit. like yeah, just like I can't imagine a more like shitty fucking thing, and it's all because and of, yet like, and yet now we have it, and it's like these yeah. Netflix things where yeah. it's just yeah, like exactly yeah, where it's just like catering. They're like kowtowing to like every micro identity that they've right. like sussed out through their data mining, where they're like, okay, we'll do like the Shield, where it's just like a couple of Chicago detectives, but they're also like, um, okay, like 
based on our knowledge, like we've determined in Chicago, there's a high proportion of bisexual pit bull owners. <laughs> so it's now the shield, but they're like bisexual <laughs> couple who have adopted pit bulls and they are detectives and they're like, we'll run that for an episode yeah. or for, for a series. It's all, it's all, it's all shit. It's very future is out. It's future is out, baby. It really is. But you know what isn't? Watch the Ken Burns baseball documentary. Um, Ken Burns has always done me right. He's a he rocks, he's a, he's dude. A master, he's a fucking king, man. And the baseball thing, I don't watch baseball. I've never given a shit about baseball. It's so interesting. Well, that's There's I mean, so many cool fucking zany characters I'll, too. I mean, I love baseball, but it's, this is yeah. You'll so you'll like it even yeah, more. Yeah, we should we'll move on because we've been on tangent. No, but but I talking but about there baseball. Is, yeah, there is like something about. Um, I feel like it's a dying craft now, especially in journalism and other shit. But like about like rather than just like catering to what like people like algorithmically want and stuff it's like how do you make something that's like kind of like boring like interesting to people and like i don't know th- a lot of times those are the most compelling like narrative works Dude, you know it's I like mean, ken burns is so good because for instance one of my favorite works of his is on the civil war i happen to like find that very interesting subject material but granted like in baseball after the first couple episodes where he's talking about the early, early days, like he has actual footage to rely on, like moving footage of baseball players playing baseball. Civil War shit, there was no video cameras. He was doing all photographs and he manages, it's like actually very interesting of just like his whole, he created like a method of like panning, panning the camera over a single still image mm-hmm. to sort of create while, while a voiceover speaks. And it's just like you would think that'd be insanely boring because you're essentially watching a PowerPoint. And right. It's like 15 <laughs> hours long. It's like effectively a PowerPoint. And I, I remember like at least for me, I was like absolutely wrapped the entire time. Yeah. I mean, he is a he is a he is a shaman. Like he's a fucking wizard, Ken Burns, with his bowl cut. Like, just an amazing, amazing man. So we need more Ken Burns. Honestly, what they should be doing is like extracting all the DNA you can get out of him. He should when he dies, they need to scalp him and take his bowl cut and like try to grow <laughs> another one of him in the lab. Because um, uh, you know whatever they're doing in Netflix right now sucks. It's it's dog shit. Yeah. Um. All right. I you guess know, we weren't going to talk about this the whole time. So <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, do you want to take a break or do you want to? We... Why don't we hit this last this yeah. last uh, top one and then we'll take a take a break. All right. Cool. So what what's the next one? Well, we're talking about. I'm trying. I'm trying to do it. No, the the. Oh, the facial. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Spoiler alert. Um. Yeah. So okay, we've talked to to move right ahead. Um. We've moved. Lost in the dock, fellas. Yeah, we're lost in the dock. You guys are getting a little peek behind the curtain. (laughs) Um. No, well, we have talked about facial recognition. I mean, I think that was the first episode we ever did was on facial recognition. Right now, you know those God, God bless them. They've they've charged even further they're and iterating. They're iterating. You, 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 lo- you, <laughs> yeah. you love to see iteration. You love to see it. Yeah, you really do. Oh yeah, here it is. They're iterating. Damn it. Um. So basically, um, our, a, a dispatch from a, a Hong Kong girls' school, which is using facial technology facial recognition technology that we has already become just like you know known and beloved to us they're now using and this is like as a specific case um there's a hong kong girl school that's using not only facial recognition but it's using emotional identification technology to tell when students who are learning remotely 
are, you know, feeling this or that type of way is essentially the the premise. So, um there is a uh, there's a company with a really strangely anodyne name. Sorry, called- Jonah, what where is this what publication is this from? Yeah, this is from uh this little <laughs> publication called the Financial Times. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> there's a company called four little trees which is an ai has an ai program that it claims quote can read the children's emotions as they learn and the goal is to you know tell when little Susie is feeling sad or mm-hmm. little jimmy is uh you know uh dozing off and, and thereby i don't know better i don't know uh punish them for for, for malfeasance i mean Granted, I guess there were there are applications that would make sense, but you know, to just dive right into like the myriad problems involved here, your fate it, it basically it's operating off the premise that there are like six basic um, emotions that people feel, which are like happiness, fear, arousal, shame, several others. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you felt them, listener. <laughs> Why don't you just think about how you felt today? Um, and <laughs> um, you know, they're like, we can identify them based on, like, mapping the movement of your facial muscles. Yeah. Okay, fine. But bear in mind, like, I, for instance, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Mac, I work in a restaurant. I smile all the time, and I'm not happy when I'm smiling at a fucking wait- person who's asking me, you know, if they can do the pea soup without peas, and if, uh, you know, they can get uh, a refill on their fucking, uh, you know, hibiscus soda. Um, because it didn't taste quite right and they would like to try it again but for no money and i'm smiling and i'm not really feeling super fucking happy so what what is a facial recognition software going to tell me about you know my face when i'm giving it my perfect plasticine smile of while secretly my blood is boiling yeah and there's also a thing of like you know different cultures express Mm -hmm. certain things differently right i mean it's like it's not there's i i forget which um country this is but it's like a it's like using a bunch of these sort of like counter studies where um in a lot of places like when you nod in agreement there's some cultures where nod means no right and like little things like that and like there's um this is there's a lot of like while this is a new technology and it is like the sort of like it's based off of facial recognition um and it's it is like one would say (laughs) emerging tech um they're from people who are like ai ethicists and people who like think about this deeply hard to get a job as an ai ethicist these days it yeah seems like. <laughs> seems like it seems like it but um but no we'll, like we'll is, perform ai ethics for food <laughs> <laughs> this is something that people have been thinking about a lot because it, it goes into like a lot of um if if we could say there's like a broader overarching thing with like whether it's facial recognition or ai or any of these things that there's a lot of assumptions that are made um, just about like how humans behave and act and like you try to use that and input that data into an algorithm that then like makes assumptions about broad general groups of people and these are like limited by like you said circumstance they're limited by um, culture they're also limited by frankly by accuracy I mean they say this in the in the in the FT article but like even the most advanced like um, you know emotional recognition software which is what this is called is like at the most like up to 80 percent accurate which is like seems kind of according high, to really what metrics not. like you know yeah i mean how do you test the whole that? shit is shot is through it... with doubt I, and I even like. and even if like this is something that i've i've talked about with people before with facial recognition 
is even if you do, even if it is really accurate and even if it is like foolproof, like there's a broader <laughs> question of like, of like, of the spoiler water. alert, it isn't. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, it is. But even if it were, yeah, okay. So you're saying were, like, even if it were foolproof, like, what's the point, right? Like, right. What, like, well, what is, can I what, read a quick, yeah. I mean, because this is interesting because when I was reading this, I was like, what, what, why does it matter? Like, I don't understand what, what, what is like the use case for this? So again, from, from financial times, uh, quote, Disney has used the software to test volunteers' reactions to a range of its films, including Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and Zootopia. Car companies like Ford, BMW, and Kia Motors want to use it to assess driver alertness. Marketing firms like Millwood Brown have tested it to gauge how audiences respond to advertisements for clients like Coca-Cola and Intel. Right. End quote. So those are a bunch of use cases. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that does make sense. Like, yeah. Well, there's if you could all, yeah. read people, it's effectively like reading people's minds. I well, mean, that's, I mean, this is, it speaks a little, we talked about neural inputs a couple of weeks ago. Right. And like this is, they're different, but it's related. And like, I was looking into this recently and like, there are is like, like there's video, like there's games now um, where you can like use a, an AR VR headset and they have a neural input in, in it and it like, it, it analyzes your, um, your emotional state and the idea being that and this is a thing that's on market right now is that like it it can sense like if you're getting frustrated or like upset yes. and then it will adjust like a game and talking about markets like, again during, again this is from ft the emotion detection industry is projected to almost double from 19.5 billion in 2020 to 37.1 billion by 2026 right so this is like big, 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 big money involved here. Yeah, like, I mean, well, this is the thing. I mean, there is like I can see hypothetically, right? I'm like thinking off the top of my ass. Like, let's imagine, right? You live in the future is out like landscape when our, we have kids and shit, and like you have like a robot, um, like doing nanny daycare a, a for like your, your kids or whatever. Like, I can see how you would want to like have them be able to recognize when the kids in distress. Okay, or shit fine, like that, yeah. right? Um. But at the same time, it's like I th- there's it goes to the assumption thing that you know it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but it is an undergirding problem of all this like kind of weird surveillance AI tech where it's like we're kind of having a lack of imagination by assuming Absolutely. that this is just like how it needs to be, and like this is because the tech is advancing this way that like you should have like you necessarily should have like kids being monitored by like AI algorithms all day at school. Like there well, that's is there another is, that's a is, whole other is, thing. Like, there I mean, is a even, reality where you well, just don't do that. Well, you know? okay, but let's <laughs> even set that aside. Like let's assume that that is a ship that has sailed, which is probably fair enough. But like, yeah, I don't know. But well, sure. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it has necessarily. But let's say, let's say. I mean, a lot of the people who are probably hawking this have assumed that, like, yeah, surveillance is the new, is the fucking thing. I think it's just the notion that um, you could that you can infer people's intentions, that you can infer like the myriad complex things that go into my me smiling at someone. Like, I might be doing that because I'm afraid that they're gonna fucking kill me. You know right. what I mean? I'm not like. I might be doing it for, you know, I might be frowning because I'm trying to be sympathetic to someone because I've just like, you know, maybe I just, you know, beat them in a game of chess and I don't want to seem like an asshole. So I'm going to say like, ah, you know what I mean? Right. I'm a chess genius. But, (laughs) you know, it's so much more complex. And this is, well, this goes into another thing that, I mean, like this was something uh, or rather a piece of journalism you were hipping me to with this, um, this ethicist. Kate um, Crawford. Kate yeah. Crawford, yeah. I mean, she was pointing out in this brief article that we were reading that, like, 
the whole thing is sort of skewed from the very jump. Like right. this notion that like um I don't know that like y- yeah, we can uh that we can use like this like very raw basic inputs to like infer like really broad swaths of data from people based right. on like really like stuff that is just like uh, artificial intelligence on these that is sort of predicated on these like early for instance like early experiments and early data sets that are deeply deeply flawed i mean and like the fact that ai is itself a misnomer because i think as this title of this article we were reading earlier is that it's neither artificial nor intelligent in the sense that it's not artificial because it's completely created by people right it's built like block by block like a lego set from individuals plugging every single data point in manually right and it's not intelligent i mean for an associated reason that it isn't able to actually reason in the way that people do it's right. just it's 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 learning patterns that right. are shown to it and and this is a thing that like you talked about ai ethicists before it's why it's just so important now is because like there is this like the reason why one of the reasons why this shit's able to like happen is because there is like AI and a lot of tech in general like is shrouded in this like kind of mysticism and like magic and it's really not like that when you get to know it it's really like the the most common term like AI right it's called like garbage in garbage out and like everything that that means that like essentially because AI is based off of like pattern recognition like what data you put in the AI is going to replicate that on the way out and like what happens right That's now interesting. why why ai is like for example like there's a bunch of ais that would like like twitter had an ai that like called like black people gorillas and like there's Fuck. a bunch of like different ra- like really fucking like racist and like gender shit Princess, that comes well, out were you plugged into the whole like crop the twitter crop thing no where twitter would like if you posted like a tall image that was too it would crop like a portion of it to show before you clicked on it and it would like always show a white face before yeah. like if you had like a tall, like a, let's say like a very, an image that was like, you know, 10,000 pixels tall by 2,000 wide, it would, and there was like a black face at the bottom and a white face at the top, it would always show the white face. Right. And if you flipped it, black face at the top, white face at the bottom, it would show the white face. Interesting. Which that, is just, I, and there yeah. was like, people were testing it left and right. Um, and it just was like, it wasn't like designed that way where they had like Nazi programmers, but it's just like, no, what is recognized? Well, this is, the, I mean, yeah, it's like, I hadn't heard about that in particular, but it's not, yeah. And like, there's, you know, people, there's nuance that gets lost and it's, it's not necess- it's not really the case that like a bunch of these like Silicon Valley dudes programming AI are like fucking clans members. But what it is, no, the, they're like little, is they're the, little like sp- spectrum disorder fucking well, nerds who, uh. Have I mean, you know, not not to be disparaging, of course, but like you know, there are people who have like a very specific set of ideas about like who is who is like you know at the cutting edge and like I I think with the AI, I mean that's all true, right, for sure. But I think with the AI, it's it's not, it's kind of out of their hands in a sense where it's like the thing is is that we have a society that is like preferences white people, right? We have a society that preferences beautiful oh. people. We have a society that prefer- right. has preferences and when we feed data like if you just like put random quote random data into like an algorithm it's going to replicate the same biases that we have as a society and like that's the reason why like these ai ethicists are like such a thing now is because they're trying to like change it to be like listen 
we before we have to change the parameters we have to change the data we have to change all these things to counteract like society because that if you just feed a... this in then you're just going to get garbage out right right and but don't you wouldn't you say this is like such a fool's errand that's like for me like my you know not to be hyperbolic but like that's like the IT guy who's trying to calibrate the IBM machines in and the Nazi death camps to be like you know what i mean it's just like this is hyperbolic in a sense, but it's just like tweaking the the functioning of these machines, who are just fully in order for that they like you know work better when like they're being directed towards like something that is just like has no yeah real redeemable possible outcome. Like what are these? As we've talked out of the top of the show, like Facebook. What are this company and Facebook right. and Google? Like what do they want? They want to just like absolutely stick a siphon in your brain and like own your your mind and your attention yeah you know i I mean they don't have like there's not there's not goals at the end of the show here that that are like positive for for humanity i agree with certain aspects of that i mean i'm not i'm not so on one side where it's like like there's a lot of positive use cases for like ai for example right like there's it's a broad thing and in that sense, like we've talked about this a lot on the show before, but it's like you, we talked about this DARPA too, where it's like the tech well, yeah, is exactly. not necessarily the problem. It's like the society that it's built on and the parameters that you set. For sure. And like in that sense of it, I think there is a lot of benefit to like thinking very hard and like thinking like morally about like what it is that you want this tool to like be what information it's being based off of. Um, but there are at the same time there's like certain things like for me like facial recognition for example like i haven't really if you weigh the pros and the cons like there's no really like redeeming like there's cer- there's, cer- there's certain it, yeah. there's certain things that are just like kind of off the table and i think emotional you know the well, emotional okay, recognition Okay can i ask you this question mac too. So what how how is emotional recognition like how does this move the ball in one direction or another in term, what do you mean in one direction or the other? Like, because facial recognition is something we already know about. Yeah, We're already going on. We started our podcast talking about it. How does the emotional recognition? I mean, I don't know how much you even have had time to look into this, but like, how is it? And so, what is it like? Just sort of, you know, well, the same, same old, same old, or is this like a major different? Like, is this so, a major escalation in your in your view? So, okay, so from a I'm technical, like from a technical aspect. Like, this is really just facial recognition, but used in a different way, right? This is, like, a more advanced version of facial recognition. In terms of, like, the impact, it's a similar thing with facial recognition where the impact is, like, <laughs> like if you're using facial recognition to, like, sign into your iPhone, that's one thing. But then using the police using facial recognition to, like, falsely arrest a person is, like... Another thing. Yes, and but like, yeah, I think you and, just have to... Uh, but with, ahead, like, yeah. emotional intelligence, right, it's, I can see a similar thing, right, where it's, like, the the things quoted in the Financial Times article about them using it, you know, in, like, childcare is concerning, for sure. And... But then if it's used, you know, in any other... It's it's all about, like, the use case, right? For instance, well, here's a, here's a great example. Emotion recognition systems have received funding for use by, this is talking about the UK, Lincolnshire Police in the UK, to identify suspicious people. While cameras were once deployed in London's Piccadilly Circus to analyze people's emotion reactions 
to the advertisements on the large billboards. Right. That's just straight so up like Minority Report. You know, it's like, literally full on. Yeah. So it's like either it's just like the police to like better profile and shake you down, or just like yeah, advertisements to see if you're like grinning well, like an idiot when you see the you see the green M&M twerking. Yeah, well, this, is, this is the thing with this type of tech, though. It's and never like, going to be used like, for anything good. You know? Well, I think I think certain things have different, like, Certainly priorities. Not I think if you have, like, we've already seen, at least with facial recognition, that the, 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 the use cases, like, the people that really want to use it are law enforcement. And because of that, there should be... I don't know, at least for me, it's like there should be much more scrutiny and a higher like a higher threshold you have to meet to ensure that like this is like being used properly before you do it. Like much more so yeah. than like say I mean some other piece of technology. It all depends. Like good the- luck though, right? Like you know, good luck. I mean that's true. I mean you're right, but like at what point has like that ever been the case where they're like, oh, you haven't met the threshold. Sorry, police, you just don't get to use this ah, new. Shiny. I mean it's it is like, it is, it is changing you- though. Is it like yeah? Cause- I mean there's like there's there's been and we'll talk about this a little bit later but there's like tons of like in the u.s like there's like over a dozen cities and states that have banned facial recognition right like there is things they have but like yeah i know that that's the i i agree but i i guess like part of me if i'm to be pessimistic but it just seems like you know any bans or any like impediments thrown up obstacles thrown up in the way like all of this technology just exists it's like Police and military are the consumer of last resort for all of this stuff. Like, they're that, like, because who, you know, I guess, like, the best alternate case scenario is that, like, it's advertisers. Yeah. In which case, fine. I mean, like, so what do you make of it? Like, I guess, I just don't see how, like, for instance, like, it's just like, I don't see the possible way that this could be used for, like, a social benefit. And, like, well, I mean, there's certain, like, I mean, not to, not to, go to in it but it's like i'm i kind of like that i can i don't necessarily i won't say i like it but i think on your iphone for example using the facial recognition there oh my to god unlock your phone that's okay beca- but that is beca- like okay the because smallest possible sop when you compared to i'm i'm just saying though there's like there's okay. there's there's different applications for these things and you have to measure them based off of like what they're seeking to do and with the case of apple right it's not like you can have, to use that example, right? You can have X number of things that allow you to sign into any device with your face. Why it's less bad with Apple is because they've proven that they take more safeguards to like protect that data. Than oh other my people, god, right? though, but so like, it's just an example of like it depends. I know, but like, I cannot help but just my eyes just like spinning in my head like fucking marbles. Like any of this, like this has been, and this is there's like. This has been the pheno- this has been the sort of pattern since time immemorial, which is like there's like these very minor like novelty consumer use cases for stuff like this, and then like what's the real thing? I mean, look at like what we we're talking about with DARPA. It's like right. people get to scroll on the internet and talk on forums about like you know uh, whether or not the green M M&M and M is sexier than the red M M&M. and M. Right. And really, like, oh, it's actually being used by, like, the fucking U.S. military to coordinate, like, the yeah. global anti, you know, communist or global war on terror thing. So, it's, like, in the same case that, like, oh, I can o- unlock my iPhone with my face instead of my fingerprint as if that saves me any time. Yeah, no, it's a you know fair point. I mean? It's a fair point. I, mean, I just think yeah. it's, like, always the stalking horse of anything that's, like, oh, this is making your life cooler. It's always a stalking horse of, like, 
the way it's going to be is to just like police you more. Yeah, I yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, and that's you know, I've I've definitely I think I've written about this before. Yeah, but I'm it's sure like, you have. But it's yeah. just like that, like with facial recognition, it's one of those technologies where it's like there's not like there's a good point to be made to like maybe just don't do this 100%, um, yeah so, i think it's a great example of that yeah and, but. I, and you know i think my, my old editor actually his name is max reed he wrote i wish i could cite what he said but he wrote something about this like looking at a historical perspective and like there were some things like in ancient history and like in like you know the middle ages and stuff that like we just decided no, we're not going to do this because we had the tech, but we didn't do it. But we have this like now there's, you know, Anything because can... be, just be like, there's this idea that like in this innovator culture that like, because you can do it, you should. And like, that's flawed. I think the notion um, of just like wringing profit out of any possible thing. Like, I mean, that's just where we, you know, that's where we are kind of, I mean, and I think you see that in a lot of, there's like, that's sort of just demonstrable in a lot of facets of our, culture and society of just like anything that could be done ought to be done because there's a way to monetize it you know what i mean right um and yeah absolutely the question of like what ought to be done what ought to be done is thrown out the window although in a way i think it's honestly it's not even that that's honestly not the case anymore where it's not like people we're not like we're foolishly choosing to do things in out of a short-sighted uh perspective it's more that like decisions are not being made democratically anymore and the people who are making decisions like understand what their priorities are and like facial recognition control like uh, systems you know not to be like a fucking tinfoil hack guy but like anything that allows you to better control people and better police them is like worth doing because i think the folks who are in power now have basically sort of you know it's like the the, the firing gun is off and the there's a lot of money in just anything that can be used to better police and and subdue people because i think it's getting harder and harder to like offer people a positive like really like good reason to buy in you know what i mean yeah like you know not not to be blackpilled or or pessimistic but i think that's like you see you see this you know you're fucking you've got like council bluffs iowa having like a abrams tank (laughs) meanwhile like people are just like you know don't even have a don't even can't even afford groceries like i think there's like a there's an obvious trend line there right but um all right do you uh yeah do you want to take a little pause yeah let's take a quick break um who we got on the uh who we got on the docket say for our our music i think we have dalton core's beautiful beautiful sounds um espresso tempo is the uh is the nom de guerre nom de plume of of our good friend Dalton Gore, check him out on uh, Spotify. Yeah, we'll put a li- we'll put his... a put a link in our yes, description. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. and uh, yeah, listen to his dulcet sounds right now. All right, Pew. see you on a second.
back. Mac and I have, we've donned our red velour podcasting robes and we're back (laughs) in our podcasting armchairs and we're ready to talk about, you know, something, we're ready to talk about trust and, you know, in any podcasting relationship, Mac, I think, as you well know, trust is, is an integral part, you know? It is, yeah, it is important. I don't feel like I could ever pod with someone who I didn't trust. And, you know, Mac, I do trust. Mm-hmm. However, and Mac, I, be, I, I invite you to elaborate on this. Trust can also be a bad thing. Indeed. Um, especially when Facebook is, is concerned. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and, and, and explain what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're right, yeah. Right. I'm um, not going to say anything for the next 30 minutes, so... Uh, <laughs> no, um, what we're alluding to is Joe is so elegantly in transition. We've talked about this before in multiple podcasts, but just antitrust, right? It's a term that like you've probably heard like by your, your girlfriend around. saying it to you, <laughs> yeah, your girlfriend, your your mom, your, like, uh, <laughs> your landlord, whoever. <laughs> um, but no, antitrust. Like, what what is it? Why is it that we're talking about it and um, all that? So basically. Um, when we were recording this a couple weeks ago, there was a big hearing where um, all the big tech executives who we talk about, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, and Your faves. People, the big, you know, the Your big, faves are like implicated. the hot hunks of yeah. the world, right? <laughs> they were um, speaking and like other people in the companies were speaking about like anti-competitive behavior, right? And like essentially lawmakers in the U.S. were grilling them over the fact that... Um, there's a growing sentiment that these big tech companies, amongst others, are essentially monopolies. And yeah. they've created a system where it's like they um, are the only player in town and there's no one else that can compete. And the, there's a growing sentiment that that's like a bad, a bad thing. <laughs> right? Well, and, that seems like, and, and, I mean, that seems pretty much uncontroversial at this point, right? right? Like, would anyone dispute, like, that like you know facebook for instance especially as the owner of instagram is a monopoly on you know that type of social media right well so facebook like is a good example right because for for, like a little context right listener um the idea of antitrust is something that's like not new like um it is technically like in the u.s and in most like market-based economies like having a monopoly or having like um like a single company in control or anything is legal. Um, and the reason why is twofold. One is because like that stops other places from being able to compete. But two, in a more philosophical level, it's that once you get so big, like think of the really big companies in the past, think of the, of the standard oils of the world. Think of like the companies that like the Vanderbilts ran. These are companies that are so big that they're no longer accountable to the government, which means that they're no longer accountable well, to you and me, right? Well, they're not accountable. Well, they are potentially accountable to the government, but the thing is, like, they don't... It's like, if you think about, like, I guess, like, the market or the market relationships as, like, an ecosystem, I guess, like, in the idealized sense, or, like, a like a habitat, like a natural ecosystem, right? Like, in the idealized sense, which is, you know, shot through by many fucking caveats but in in a general sense like a company if it's behaving badly right it will it will succumb to a competitor which will be 
a better version of itself of that company and therefore consumers will flock to it instead right. and the and the poorly behaving company will die however you know and this like you said this has been a thing for a long time for instance um in there was a literal law passed in 1890 called the Sherman Antitrust Law which you know 1890 is the, ap- the absolute apex of the gilded age mm-hmm. you know where you have poppers like you know crowding the streets and people building mansions and just like consolidating ostentatious amounts of wealth right um and a time like i think you mentioned like rockefeller oil a law was passed by the government to essentially say that like if you have become essentially so you've so ruthlessly subverted the market to your own intentions as an individual business person an individual company it made it illegal to do essentially two things one to unilaterally uh, conduct your business in such a way as to eradicate any possible competitors and also critically to like form essentially do handshake deals between let's say it's like me mac and ray who isn't here today he's on vacation but me mac and ray <laughs> some PTO. you know yeah we are like the the sole uh hot dog sellers mm-hmm. in in the country and we all agree, like, why would we compete and drive the price of hot dogs down where we each right. have to keep selling them for less, where we all just agree that, like, a hot dog is a fucking buck fifty each. Right. And, like, we'll all sell them for more or less the same price. And therefore, you know, instead of competing, as the market would suggest, we just, like, you know, agree to all make money. For sure. Um, that was made effectively illegal in 1890 by this, by this law. And, and yet... And then basically it never happened again and yeah. everything was cool, right? <laughs> yeah, or- so, well, yeah, I mean, and TBD, but like, so in, you mentioned the Gilded Age, right? Like when that law was passed, like really what we're talking about is that that was like the really clear example of like, to put a fine point on it, it's like unfettered capitalism, right? Like we had a clear example. This is what happens when a company who is not, you know, not it's a private company when they're allowed to just get as big as they can and dominate, they essentially work outside the rules and confines and logic of like how this whole thing is supposed well, how to how the market, how like a free market economy is supposed to work, yeah. which is, and how, why, like, how a democracy is supposed to work, right? That like they're, they're a company is like accountable to, um, the people within a society. Right. And that's like the big picture is that like, this is, um, we like you, if, you, if you remember, you remember yeah. like in your elementary school, like, Teddy Roosevelt, like going up and like you know busting all the trusts and stuff. It was very much he like, was the busting in all of the it. trusts. Yeah, just busting it, man. He was busting all over them. Um, it's very much about like this is wrong, <laughs> this is unfair, and it's like these these companies aren't accountable. Well, so here's like, the gonna... other thing I want to make a. It's not it's not like a question of fairness. Like this is unfair. It's like a means of like capitalism sort of saving itself in the sense that like. And this is like, you know, the, the New Deal was a, a, was sort of the same sort of phenomenon taking place. But it's just like when individual capitalists, for instance, and not to like get all, you know, be all Marxist, but like mm-hmm. individual businesses, individual companies are acting on their own interest to such a degree that it's detrimental to the interest of the system that allows them to exist. Right. Then it's time for like in, in a sort of impartial regulator to step right. in right which is like what the you know because it's not like in 1890 there was like the united states government was like you know fucking 
and then full of NYU grad students saying like, <laughs> oh, yo, this is, uh, yo, you guys need to read Lynn and this is so fucked up. It's like, no, it's just like, listen, this is like good for your individual business, but it's bad for business overall. It's a very practical thing, right? It's like it's in, that, practical, in, that, in, that, right? in that sense, like, you know, it sets standard oil. They're a really good example, right? Because like for the regular ass person, right, the, the effect of like having standard oil be a monopoly or having these other monopolies was essentially that like they because there's no competitors they get to set the prices and they fuck you like you pay more because they get to pay, charge whatever they want because there's no one else in town and they also the industry also become you know it's also stagnant in terms of uh it's anti-competitive in the sense that competition in the market is also like you know it's it's creative it's it's generative right. of more of more economic growth in the sense that you have like more businesses potentially being created and more competition which makes it like a more sort of dynamic market right right um so well okay so 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 we had yeah so like all that true and like so we did that like roosevelt busted busted all all over the trust he was busting Um, all over and then uh (laughs) you know you know we had we established a precedent like all this happened and then fast forward um trusts are done right well not exactly. Um, the U.S. established and like most m- of the countries established like sort of these rules that said like you know we're gonna like um, we're gonna clamp down on these like monopolistic companies. But fast forward to now, things have changed a bit. Where it's like you mentioned Facebook, you and I have a Facebook, and so does probably everyone else like that we know. But I would wager that none of us actually really like likes it and like has any real benefit from it and no. really has any interest in it. And they also hold like extreme power. And like for the last five years, they've had like the largest lobbying arm of any company in the United States. They are Facebook and Google and these other big tech companies we talk about are for all intents and purposes, like the big behemoths that kind of get to set the rules of the land. And so why is that, right? Like you would you would assume that like under the past logic that like that would like be bad and not be allowed to happen. But um the way antitrust kind of works in a really broad shell, right, is that we like in the standard oil case, you were able to point to, for example, that like people were being charged more money, right? And like they were right. really ripped off because of the monopoly. Yeah, with, what's the problem with Facebook being a monopoly or like a trust, you know? It's like right. Everyone's just signing up to go on there to like, you know, do epic memes on their uncle. And it's free. And you it's know, it's like, free. like there's no, you can't, it's, there's this, the, in antitrust language, it's this thing called the consumer harm principle, which means that right. like you, like in order to like sort of go in and like regulate a company, you have to prove that they're harming a consumer. And this is a reason why like all these big tech companies have escaped regulation for a while is because like. If anything, like you're either paying nothing or very little, and you're getting like you know this I mean, access to all the stuff. Nothing ever, like none of these services um, cost money. So it's like there's been this like problem of like you can't really regulate them. But this is changing now um, because like there's been a lot of academics that have been writing about this, and there's been changing public sentiment that we can like talk about. That's like essentially trying to rewrite the rules that says okay, rather than. Um, be like pigeonholed to say that like we're gonna have to like prove consumer harm through like prices and stuff there's like academics and other people who are saying well actually like these internet companies 
you're the product yeah, you and like are they're the exploiting you and like harvesting all your data and using that to like subjugate you and like make you watch like really fucked up videos and like you know like fucking like, <laughs> they're making like, me do it mom it's well, not my fault <laughs> well no but but you know like they're, no but you're right you're, you're getting brainwashed and like you're sort of like you're going down these rabbit holes and you lose your autonomy because like you're just like this like shell of a person that's just like being advertised well let's not time. overstate the case i mean like you're right yes i mean i don't think like people are becoming like mindless zombies I mean, we are in the broad sense, but broadly speaking, like your average person is just doing their thing and they're like an actuary and they live in Council Bluffs, Iowa and they're whatever and they're <laughs> fine. But it is absolutely true that you have gone from being, and this is a major, I think, like sort of paradigm shift to use a meaningless term, that you've gone from being like the person to whom things are sold. I mean, or rather, like, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate what you said, but I mean, to place emphasis on it, like you are indeed, you are yourself the product because picking your brain and being able to effectively market and sell stuff to you is, is worth, you know, all the free services of, yeah. you know, seeing minion memes on your, on your anti-meme Like what Facebook. is it that Facebook sells, right? They sell your data, right? That you yes. give them by like, by being on their services. So how does this plug into antitrust stuff? I so, mean, I guess it's this the harm is what is on, is on the basis of privacy. Well, so this is where it's interesting, right? Is because like for context, right? There is, um, as we speak right now, right? There's like an investigation into Apple for antitrust stuff. There's multiple lawsuits, against Facebook for antitrust, against Google. Like, there are regulators both in the U.S. and around the world, like, pursuing antitrust legislation. But you mentioned the Facebook privacy thing, right? So this is, like, why, like, there's a big change is, like, um, with the FTC's recent lawsuit against Facebook, they're coming at it from a different angle, which is they say that, like, yeah, everything's, like, free on Facebook, and so you can't prove that, like, you're getting, like, exploited that way but the rationale they use is that um facebook when it started right um back in like when you know zuckerberg was in his like dorm room or whatever they were actually like a very privacy focused company right like at the time they were the alternative to myspace which was like the first like big social media and their whole selling point was that they were like you had to use your real name they were like private and like that they were there was a big selling point that they were private but as they got larger um facebook in their growth model said that like actually they were going to start like using more targeted ads they were going to start like exp- like their idea of like their emphasis mm. on, on privacy completely flipped they were and and the idea is Our that pure like pure dear babes at facebook yeah white as pure as the driven snow they were <laughs> until until they were corrupted by their uh by their inevitable success yeah the long and short of it though is basically that like the these arguments saying that um what the consumer harm right now is the fact that people don't have a choice for like their privacy right where it's like Facebook brought these it's people. It's so hegemonic that you have to, yeah, you have to take part probably. I mean, yeah, to some degree or another. I mean, that, that's an interesting thing that I think would warrant some sort of investigation in the way that like you are just sort of like, it's like a soft power thing. It's like you are coerced into Facebook no matter what. Like, it's just like you get, it's just like a, pl- it's like a Plinko board. Like you drop your peg in and you'll, 
you'll clink every which way you'll right. go le- hither and fro but like you end up in having it like whether it be from work because you need to have like you know i just got a new job for instance at the restaurant i you know and i need to follow their instagram account so i can get updates on the menu and shit right it's just like yeah there really is no way out now so in a way like yeah they should be regulated like almost like you know a utility in a sense yeah um well the thing is you don't have a choice like it's all about like the choice right and right. it's like you don't really have it like i can't I, the only reason i keep a facebook account for example is because like not having it would be harmful to me right all and right it's like, so yes correct and so all right so max so, so tell me like are, are, are we looking down the barrel at a fucking facebook getting broken up getting busted up getting busted in so, like the ghost of teddy roosevelt yeah so i mean that's like that's one av like well, what are we what's yeah like what's a so like in the old like days with the antitrust like that was the solution to some of the things was like to break up like for example sand oil or it was that? like to break up like like bell for example Bell telephone yeah um i think in that case i don't like, see that happening well there is like the ftc suit for example like they are they they're let's say they're open to that and like that is like one <laughs> avenue of- can you see the ftc breaking up facebook though i mean that just seems like like think of the ftc and facebook like just intuitively it just seems like a David and Goliath situation. Yeah, without, I mean, <laughs> without the actual outcome that uh, we all know, it's true. I mean, like, I think the problem is, is though, like, if you if you hedge it by saying like, like either break up or bust, like then then it's 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 a losing proposition. But there is like there's ways to like regulate these companies that doesn't necessarily end in breaking them up, but that still allows for there to be like more competition and allows there to be more accountability. Yeah. I just think that there's just like, there's really no, well, here's an interesting thing is it's like all the companies we've mentioned, Apple, Facebook, Google, these are all American companies. And I think they all project, especially now in the time of like increased anxiety over cold war shit with China, which, you know, I don't want to lend any more credence to than is already being like, then all the flax and hacks are already giving it, but it is sort of it is a it is a dynamic that is ongoing. I don't see the United States like doing anything to hamstring its own tech companies in terms of their power to sort of surveil and project American, you know. Because granted, any fucking type of surveillance that any American tech company can do is definitely a backdoor that our surveillance state has. Yeah. Um, broadly speaking, you can assume. And now where you have increasing anxiety over Huawei and like all these Chinese competitors who are sort of like uh, nipping at the heels, I I don't see like, I don't really see a renaissance in privacy happening. Maybe so. But Um, the thing is that the antitrust thing is not just a U.S. thing. Like in China, for example, right in the last, like literally in the last couple months, they've just had like China just did the largest antitrust enforcement kind of in well, history china is right. interesting because they they literally just put like they put billionaires in jail i mean china's a fucking weird thing because it's like sort of an inversion of the united states where like it's an absolutely capitalist country but it's a country where like capitalism is subverted in like subverted to the state like this the state has the capitalists or rather like the business sort of organ under its thumb whereas i feel like the united states is sort of in the flip because like China, I don't, I don't even think in the past, in the past few years they've like put billionaires to fucking death for corruption. 
which is like, I mean, who knows what you want to say about that, but it's something you would never see in the United yeah, States. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I know that recently, though, that's like, they just, they just had like a huge enforcement of like different like laws preventing like Alibaba and like Tencent and a bunch of other large, large companies that were essentially getting like too big to be controlled. They just like put in the reins on that with like different antitrust um, um, policies. But for the most part, none of those results in breakups, right? Which is goes to the point of like, if you're, if you're stuck on like the, it has to be a breakup, it's missing kind of the point because like there are like both in Europe and in China, like there's a bunch of measures being put in place to limit the power of like, and by power, I mean like the, like truly like the, 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 the way that a company, like their power versus the power of like a government, there's all around the world. We're seeing actions being taken to like sort of keep companies subservient to like the public. Well, that's and, a like, fascinating that's, thing that, that you can, mentioned. You can do that without necessarily breaking them up. You know. Yes, well, I think that's where like China and the United States are present a very interesting counterpoint because like yeah, I just have a this is from May thirteenth, a couple days ago. Um, but a utopian agricultural this is from NPR. A utopian agricultural entrepreneur in China has been arrested and his business seized by the state as part of an effort to bring the country's entrepreneurs under communist party control. I mean that's sort of the classically NPR like black line but um this is the type of thing like can you is absolutely unfathomable in the united states like i don't know i mean like you, that you, like arresting states, someone arresting someone yes but like there's other like we like, are the like we are a state sort of subservient to business interests whereas china has billionaires and they're a capitalist country pretty much um in everything but name but like the capitalists are still sort of state directed and they exist at the pleasure and at the leisure of the state. And it's an interesting sort of flip because it's just like here, it's like, we'll see, and we'll see like how things shake out obviously. But it seems to me that China is obviously doing capital. I mean, they're a capitalist country, but it's like capitalism as, as, as uh, you know, they're pointing it in the direction they want it to go. Whereas here it's sort of like the, 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 the fucking, the tail is wagging the dog. I think if you follow like what's happening right now in the U.S., though, like it's it's, it's not it's not so simple as that, though, right? Where there is like a lot of movement to like to to put like more pressure on these companies, and like we just it's don't not, have the means it's no, to do it's it. It's no longer just like this is not like a niche thing. Like we have like you know, in we live in these like very polarized times where like everything is like political and like split in parties but like right now like there's a bunch of like different um polls and like surveys that show that like both republicans and democrats are united on the idea of having more government regulation of big tech specifically and we just had we just had like multiple hearings where both republican and like josh hawley who was like involved in like the capitol hill riots and like was a supporter of them he just came out with a huge book about antitrust right and like he so both like one of the most like extreme republicans just like flat, and though, like I mean. and like democrats at the same time are both are both on board with regulating these big tech companies and but i think it's like posturing i mean like you can't ascribe too much to 
I don't why do you, why do you think it's it's posturing because they both want the same end goals which is like to regulate these well, large tech companies. Fucking for instance Josh Hawley, I mean like is like fi- sees a, a perfect opportunity to be able to rail against, you know, do a populist stance of railing against, you know, uh free market sort of un- unfettered capitalism which is the exact project of of the Republican Party, but they can do it because Silicon Valley is now sufficiently coded as like lib, you know what I right. mean? Right. Well, and like, granted, they can rail and fucking shit their pants and and throw a tantrum as much as they want because it's never going to be something actionable because it's just like outside of the pale. I mean, all, I all parties I, do I this. Disagree I disagree with that though because I think like they're the writing is on the wall that there is actually like there's there's been multiple hearings where they're actually like they actually are like making some sort of inroads into limiting practices of these companies and like i get you that like that but josh holly can way... talk about it's like it's not his constituency so it's like he cannot he well enforce. no but like okay so but his con- constituency like he's framing this as like okay the these tech companies are the radical left like you know like they you know have hairy armpit girls and shit but at the same time right i think if you dig a little deeper like with the republicans right one thing that they are arguing is that these big tech companies are bad for small businesses, right? Which is also, it's, that's a big point of like, of Republicans is like having like free markets to be able to support small businesses. Which and they is, are like, using. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, yeah, if you accept their premise, which is like absolutely preposterous because like none of them are really in, encouraging any type of. Uh, economic policy that would like allow for instance people to have like the net worth to start a small business i mean like they're very much sure. captive to i mean it's like let's not i yeah i take your point i do i do but you know like anything hot like anything these people are saying is like is, is, is basically anything that any fucking democrat or republican is saying on this issue or most others is wildly disingenuous that's and, fair but they're also the ones crafting policy, right? Like, and are, the fact I mean, that the fact that they're the ones that are, this was not the case that until very recently that Republicans and Democrats were united on antitrust, right? But something has happened recently where I don't they know how are. much they are, though. I mean, yes, there's there's certainly noises being made, but like, I do think it's much like, more than noises. I the, the, we're like it's worth like reiterating the point that like there has been a movement for probably the last like decade of actual like scholars and academics like arguing for like a revamping of antitrust yeah. and now we're starting to see that in like the real world of like actual policy and like this is happening. It's not this is, is not it though like yeah. I I think it well, I think okay. It really so is. this is not oh, okay. I I so maybe it is like, and I, I, you know, I think I, I do, I, I, I place credence in your, in your, your, your sort of, uh, analysis and of this. And I think it'll be curious to see how it goes. Cause like, part of me is just like, maybe I'm just like a whip dog in the sense that like, I don't see anything ever happening. I mean, if you look at like what's a happening all, B, right now, for example, like as we speak, right, Facebook and no, sorry, Apple right now is in a lawsuit with Epic Games, the Fortnite maker, about like whether or not they're so Apple like charges a thirty percent commission on all of its charges in the App Store, and they're in a lawsuit right now about how that's anti-competitive. It's an antitrust suit, 
And it looks like from what everything is going is that like that is going to get overruled, right? There's going to be government regulation that says either they have to reduce that price or they're not allowed to charge a commission on anything. That's not the sexy break them up, but that is antitrust. That's changing. That's for that's a government forcing Apple to no longer essentially yeah. take a tax for no reason other than to just like hoard money from every person that ever makes money off of an app. That's antitrust. And that's something that was okay. like unthinkable until recently. And both Democrats and Republicans are united on that, right? Like in the hearings that happened a couple of weeks ago, there was the most conservative people argue against it and like Democrats argue against it. And that's, that is antitrust, you know? Okay. Well, maybe, you know, maybe, and you know, I would love to see movement on that. I mean, my, 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 my gut is that anything, any, any half measure that can be taken in, 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 in this type of pell-mell way, which may be well be good and like have powerful or genuine intention behind it. Is this something that they'll just be able to wriggle out of like short of like, Short of a decisive sort of blow, I mean, there's like a reason why breaking up these, like, there's a reason why fucking Standard Oil got broken up, and that it was it effectively did at least for some time signal but, the end. I I just yeah, think like but this you is know, the the problem with the breakup thing, and I'm not like I'm not, I'm saying not that that is thing, the thing is that the thing is though is that like if we're if if we're just like slaps if we're, on the wrist and I, saying like right, you can't do but, this, you can't do that. It's like dude, come on. But like, the end result though is like the thing the thing with the breakup thing, right? Is that for example, if you broke up Facebook and broke them up into just being you weird them into being Instagram, Facebook, them. and WhatsApp, right? That doesn't like does if you really think about it, does that necessarily solve more of the problem than if you actually made regulation that changed like their business practices because if you just have instagram whatsapp and facebook unspindled and they're doing the same thing each well you still you still have the same problem like the like if you the breakup works if it works but it doesn't it's not it's not the the end all be all right it only works if it's it's because it would say that like you wouldn't have to go to the same entity for all of your fucking online needs, you know, like well, you're, well, you're assuming that Instagram and WhatsApp and Facebook would be competing against each other, but they're not because they're different things, right? Like the real problem is that, like, if you're part of the Facebook ecosystem, you're subjected to like the surveillance capitalism ecosystem that like relies on you being extracted from all of your personal data to like feed this like greater system, and that exists. Whether or not it's Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp, the the real no, issue okay, is changing the business practice that's all of these fucked, but companies. I'm saying, if Facebook were were scattered to the wind, and you there were like ten different companies that did all the same things that Facebook sort of did, then within this logic of 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 the market and competitive, you know the the value the value of of a competitive market within that logic. The one that did the fucked up business practices that said, hey, we're going to mine everything that you do and we're going to track you and we're going to make an app to fucking hook your kids. Like people could not do that one. And there you would have you would have ethical Facebook and you would have like green Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? That's the logic. I, I think that's yeah. also fucking naive. I think you're always going to end back up at the same point that we are now. It's like like we, I think I made this fucking reference before, but it's like in resident evil like you there's the fucking big bad guy you can blow his legs off and he's just gonna put him back on and come get you eventually yeah so you're only buying time but i do think that would be better than 
you know, just these, like, toothless fucking regulations that say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like, A, these companies have shown that they'll just break the law. I mean, they don't have to fucking respect the law. I mean, Uber is a great example. A company is just doing flagrantly illegal shit, and then when they're, you know, when push comes to shove, they just, like, lawyer it up for, to, you know, mire any any restitution in, infinitely in, in, in the courts. Um, and I think, like, actually scattering them is is one of the few effective things we we would have available to us. But. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think for what it's worth, I do think in the Facebook example, and the FTC outlines this. I I think it would be good to break up Facebook. I'm just all I'm saying though is that like that's um that works in that case, but in a lot of these things with like with like especially with the internet companies, a lot has changed since like the Standard Oil days, and like really there's like really fundamental like business practices and like really fundamental shit about how we interact with these services that is new and hasn't existed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and well, my point, my point is though, is that like, there's, you can break them up, but like break them up sounds good, but there's also like better, there could be potentially even better options than (laughs) just breaking them up. I don't know, dude, that sounds to me like classic, like hand waving, like, Oh, this like really simple, proven uh, approach sounds good, but we could do something that's way more complicated and and it's even better. It's like that's just like right. That but, to me smacks but, of the sort of neoliberal but that's, playbook of just like yeah. what you think is good and ob- and has obvious valors to it right. is just too complicated. And here's why we need to do yeah, something I way mean, more I'm, complicated. This is and, not my point of view. This is like like pe- like the people who like have spent up. their like careers talking about this do like talk about breakups but it's also like you if you like you're missing a fundamental thing about like what am i missing how this shit operates where it's like this is like fucking appealing to just like no but this is bullshit like saying like oh there's like all these smart people who just like they just get it more and it's just like i'm not saying that like i I would love to hear the the, argument the breakup like that there's a more fundamental issue of like what is it like Shoshana Zuboff like writes a book called Surveillance Capitalism and like her fundamental thesis is that like with these internet companies like you are being like you are sort of like the oil rig that's generating the data that like is the new foundation for like the digital economy and like that is something that hasn't been regulated ever before and like there's untold amounts of power discrepancies because of that and like by just like you're saying what you should do instead is just like right slap new like laws there needs to be a completely different way of thinking about this where it's like there needs to be okay but would not a great way to start to just being like all of these existing titans that control every single have you fucking you know, snout the tail, like cradle to grave, fucking break them up and scatter them to the wind and start again. If, I mean, if we have the fucking legal power to do that, because they're literally in control of everything from, you know, the, the hardware that you watch your shit on to the content that you're fucking watching. I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time and I, I just don't see how it's any really more complicated than that. When you have at the same time, very eloquent arguments for why these companies are just like absolutely right. un- incapable of acting in a fucking responsible way. I mean, they're just like they're addicts. They're like fucking, they're like junkies for fuck for, for this like 
absolutely, uh, you know, uh, malicious behavior. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear me, like, go against, like, breaking certain companies up, but I guess my point is just to, like, that if you do that without thinking about the underlying issue, you're going to find that it's not enough. What's the underlying right? issue that, I mean, what, 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 what would be better? Like, you're would, saying just, like, regulating them more? Like... I think like sure you'd fine, have to but... like really find a way to change like the business practice to like increase like data privacy like th- like for example to give people ownership over their own data right like that would well, be yeah. like a fundamental that change that would be like would flip the whole thing on its head and like y- if you did that right like you well, could for bring... one for one like the reason all that shit is impossible is because like these massive companies have so much fucking power sure, and so exactly. much well, exactly. well, okay, so that's like an, a very compelling reason why they need to be sort of scattered to the wind, as I've said, is that right. like they are so politically important that like they have so much clout that there's like no small measure that could be taken to rein them in short of like a, a dashing blow. Right. Because they, they fucking write laws. They write their own regulations. I mean, this has been... Right. You know, this type of stuff is well understood. Like, I think it, the thing is, though, is that, like, unless you, like, if you do that, though, it's only going to be a temporary fix because there's always going to be another company or maybe a spinoff of those Facebook companies that just continues on that same business model that's going to do the Not same if thing. you fucking, no, but this is the whole point, I think, of antitrust is, like, break up a company so you can't get this big again. It's anti-competitive. It's illegal. I mean, this is what happened with Rockefeller, Standard Oil. Like, they did sort of re-coalesce, but it took a long time. And you say, like, you know, you cannot... There are, there are sort of... There are regional limits upon how big a company can grow and how, how many people they can service. I mean, this is all stuff that could be done. And, like, my point is just that, like, the larger you get, the more political power you accumulate, and the more it's... Do, taking these sort of smaller, like incisive technocratic measures becomes impossible because, like, you just you you wield political power, especially like in this day and age. Like a polit- a fucking social media company is like at the at the cutting edge of anything that we're, you know you're trying to talk about in terms of changing people's opinions or or affecting policy. So I don't know. That's just my point of view. I I I, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um Well, I think that's probably a good place to Do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna sheathe our swords and uh Yeah and leave it at that? Alright, well that was interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean I think this is something we'll be able to continue to spar on or 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 god knows, maybe come to a conclusion because it's not something that's going away. Um in terms of like, you know, continued consolidation and uh and whatever comes of it but uh okay uh i guess uh yeah well we'll, i will put my pistol in my holster and i will say (laughs) i'll see you next time mac sound good yeah sounds good um yeah i was gonna see if we had any outstanding business but no i think we we covered everything business everything we had to do i think we're good all right cheerio all right hasta la vista fellas (laughs) peace